Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today's episode is an interview with the beautiful Ange Simpson from The Gratitude Project. Ange is an integrative nutrition, health and happiness coach, mama of two beautiful girls, creator of The Gratitude Gang, Health Hub and the founder of The Gratitude Project. During our conversation today, we cover everything around gratitude from building the practice of gratitude for a happier life, being a better friend, building gratitude into daily activities, dealing with comparison and our inner critic, getting to know ourselves through self-awareness and using your unresourceful behaviors as opportunities for growth, overcoming adversity with changing your perspective, celebrating your friends and creating a supportive group of friendships, the most important ingredient in a successful business and how your strengths are your comfort zone. It's such a fun conversation and I cannot wait to share it with you. So let's get straight to it. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Ange. I'm really excited to get into this conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on the Next Level Life podcast with me. I appreciate you having me here. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to find out so much more about you and what you've created with the Gratitude Project. And just to get started, for those of you who haven't been following you and watch all of your amazing stories on Instagram, can you give us a little bit of insight into how you created the Gratitude Project and your journey so far? Totally. And look, it was a fluke, I must admit. Like, I didn't intend to start a business. I had just had my first daughter. So this was like six and a half years ago. And I really just wanted something that was going to make me happier and healthier. And all of what I did, I went and studied and I studied at Integrative Nutrition and I did that just so I would be healthier. And then when I started my Instagram and my little Facebook page, it was literally just, I wanted to be held accountable to being more grateful and focusing on the good in my life because I... I was focusing on what I didn't have, which I think a lot of women do. You know, we kind of compare and we're like, I don't have, you know, the perfect body or this amazing wardrobe or that car or that job or that partner or this group of friends or whatever it might be. And so one year, it was just after I had my baby, I was just so focused on, I want to focus on the good. Even in the crappy situations, I want to find the good things. And it became kind of like my little project, obviously. That's why I called it the Gratitude Project. And then people just started following along and it was, it was really cool. It happened really fast. I didn't expect it, to be honest. Yeah, wow. And so what do you feel, how has it evolved over the, those last six years? What do you feel has changed? I think a couple of things. I think, first of all, for me, seeing that other people wanted something to kind of follow along with around mindset and gratitude. I think at the time, especially there was so much around food and dieting and, you know, nowadays you see a lot more around anxiety and those, those issues that women are facing outside of what they eat and how they exercise that for me, seeing that kind of made me go, okay, well I've got something here and 
you know, I, I felt like it was my duty to really own it and run with it and not just kind of be selfish about it. Um, and then the other thing was I just kind of made a decision, you know, like I think one day I was sitting there listening to a lecture from the course I was doing and they were, they were doing a coaching call. They had, um, recorded a live coaching call and I saw how in, it was a 20 minute call. I saw how in 20 minutes, someone's perspective on what they were going through completely shifted. And for me, it was beautiful to experience the fact that it wasn't the coach who did it. It was the client who had the realization and the coach was kind of the facilitator of that realization. And I was like, I could, I could do that. And knowing that you have the ability to change someone's life in that way. For me, I remember I was at, uh, my mum had a beach house up in North Queensland and I was sunbaking, listening to this lecture. And I just went, I'm going to do this. And I decided, and I think that with most business owners, they, everyone has that pivotal moment where they decide, they either decide to start their business or they decide to really take it to the next level or they decide to be successful. But the first step is always making that decision. And really committing to it, which is what I did. <laughs> so true. And it's really just going all in. You're like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And it doesn't really matter what then obstacles come across. You just, you know, that this is your mission. Yeah, totally. So I would love to know what's your take on gratitude and how is it different from when you first got into this and what did gratitude mean to you then compared to what it means to you now? Look, back then, to me, it was just focus on the good, positive affirmations, be thankful, like do the things. And now it's evolved so much. And I mean, in the past six years, I've gone through, you know, birthing two children. I've um, started a business. It's failed. It's done really well at times. You know, I've gone through the ups and downs. I've had heart surgery. I've been through a separation. I've started a new relationship. Like, so many things where it has been harder, it has been a struggle. And for me, what really got me through the harder times was the practices that I put into place when things were good. And my biggest realization more over the last few years than when I started was that gratitude is its most powerful when you use it to see the good in the shitty situations. Excuse my French. Um, but I, I know... And this is kind of the message that I always want to send to people. Don't work on your health when your health is gone. Don't work on your happiness when you don't have it. Mm. You need to work on these things now. And what I realized and the formula I use in my program in the gratitude transformation, I created that when life was pretty good, but I consistently practiced and I consistently worked on these six areas of my mental well-being which now over the last year while going through a separation and heart surgery, these six like fundamental foundations of my mental well-being, those practices are what kept me going. And it wasn't learning them when things went to crap. It was the fact that I've implemented them for the last six, seven years. And so I can actually more easily see and move out of crises when they're happening. And I'm able to be a lot more clear-headed. And I think yeah, I see so many people who, like I said, it's, it's not until something goes wrong that they go to fix their, their world, their spiritual, mental, emotional well-being. And, you know, I don't want people to kind of prepare for the worst, but shitty things are going to happen. Like really bad things are going to happen in everyone's life. You know, we're all going to know someone who has cancer. We're all going to have to lose someone close to us. We are 
all going to go through significant life changes, location changes, relationship changes in some capacity through our life. And those things are really hard. And if you don't have the tools already inside of you, it's a lot more difficult to work through them while you've got the sort of haze of what's going on in front of you as well. So my biggest tip to anyone listening is while you can work on it, while things aren't so bad or if they are bad, just start today. Don't start when things get really crazy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. So many people do wait for that crisis to happen before they go, oh, now I will take care of myself. And I think the hardest thing with mindset is that a lot of people because we don't have like a physical ailment, it's not like we have a broken leg or we have, you know, you had to have heart surgery. Like there's not a physical thing that is seen that the public or that our friends see and go, Oh, we you should work on that. But we know within ourselves, right. That there's something not right and we need to fix it. Yeah. And some people, I mean, well, some people will get physical symptoms based on emotional issues. So some people will, you know, people who suffer from anxiety, you'll know that when things don't feel good, it's a feeling in your gut, it's the sweaty palms, it's not being able to focus or, or do the things that you need to do to get through a day. And those physical symptoms, they're so small that a lot of people just kind of, they brush them off. And it's, you know, I always talk about, and I can't remember who came up with this concept, but the, the feather, the brick and the truck. Have you heard that? Where no, it, no, please share it. Well, basically, it's the universe will, you know, at first when you're not in alignment or when something's not right, at first the universe will tickle you with a feather and it's kind of this annoying thing, like, you know, the the shaking hands or the stutter that comes up when you're nervous. It's the little things where you're like, you know, that's really annoying. That's your feather. The brick is the thing that you, you know, something happens and you kind of go, oh my God, like that wasn't great. Like I got through it pretty easily, but wow, that that really got me. And then the truck is you know, really being unwell, you're, you know, getting fired from your job, a partner leaving you, a friend telling you that you haven't been a good friend to them. You know, the truck is the thing that rattles your world completely. And usually that happens because when the feather was tickling you, you didn't tune in, you didn't listen, you didn't say what's going on here that I need to work on. And, you know, the brick is usually when people kind of go, okay, maybe I need to look at this. Yeah. Truck is when people are like, oh crap, I need to make a real change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like literally their last straw. Like, like the universe is like, you're not listening. I'm going to throw this at you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So what does, what does gratitude look like for you in in your day to day now? A lot of things. Um, It is the epicenter of my world. If I'm honest, because there's so much that I have to be, this sounds really ridiculous. I have so much, to be thankful for, for my gratitude practice and what I've learned through it. It is very much for me um, ingrained in my being now. So like little things, like as soon as I wake up, I'm, you know, I'm very mindful that I I wake up and I just say, thank you. It's not difficult. It's just like, how good do my legs feel between the sheets? You know, like, you know, when you just shave your legs and you get into bed, it feels really good. Even little things like that. Like I'm like, how good does this feel? And you know, my body feels good today. I, I often think about it if I ever am feeling run down or anything, or if I've got, you know, period pain or something, I think, um, and we all do this, damn, I wish I was more grateful for my body when it felt good. Like, I know anytime I've had a sore throat, I'm like, I, I wish I remembered how good it was to be able to talk without a creaky or something ridiculous like that. So it's waking up in the morning like that. It's Um, my family and I have a little gratitude practice before meals. We put our hands over our food and we talk about where it came from, who made it, 
you know, where the crops came from, where we bought the food from, all of the little bits and pieces, which we do most times we eat. Sometimes we just dig in because we're hungry. Um, thankful Thursdays, which I actually have an hour blocked out every Thursday that I just send messages of love and appreciation to people who have helped me over the week before. You know, if my mum's babysat my kids or a friend has done something for me or someone was kind to me and even the little things, you know, that's just scheduled time where I work on um, kind of giving it back. And, you know, and then the stuff that I talk about in a lot of my programs, a lot of my work around you know, adversity and forgiveness and things like that. That's just stuff that when it comes up, I'm mindful of, okay, well, what what can I be grateful for right now? Or what is this teaching me? So, you know, if I'm having a conflict with someone or I'm not feeling comfortable with where a friendship is at, um, something that's really helped me lately is I've been looking a lot at how I show up as a friend um, because I often see that with friendships, we have this excuse where it's like, you know, oh, we're really good friends. We're such good friends that we don't need to talk for a year. But in my opinion, I kind of look at it and I go, but what if within that year someone really needs you? Mm. Um, you know, are you putting your shit to the side for a minute so you can help your friend? Because hopefully when the things go the other way, they'll be able to do that for you. And I've really been working on where I'm not feeling comfortable with how I've shown up as a friend. And instead of hiding and saying, you know, I wasn't good enough or making excuses like, well, they did this and they did that, I've actually been asking myself, okay, well, how is this an opportunity to learn and how can I be grateful for this situation? And it's opened up such beautiful conversations between these friendships I have where I've been honest and vulnerable and said, I don't feel like I've shown up and how can I be better? And a lot of my friendships are so much deeper because instead of blame, shame and justify, which I, I don't put up with, I don't allow myself or the people that come to me for coaching to blame, shame or justify anything or anyone else for their problems. Everything is on us. But for me, it's like looking at a situation like that and saying, you know, what, how can I grow here? How can I learn? And how can I be super grateful? And now I look at where I was a crappy friend. I'm so grateful for being that way. For that amount of time because it allowed me to be strong enough to come up and say how can I be better now and now I'm it's so much deeper you know wow and I can imagine how people listening to this would even think about well where in my relationships could I like I might be wanting a deeper relationship but I'm not making the effort and I'm expecting other people to want a deeper relationship with me and make the effort but if I'm not making the effort then how can I expect that from another person as well hey yeah yeah, huge. So many things in that that I want to unpack. And I think it's what's really interesting is that I, I'm like that too. Like, but I've worked on my gratitude practice as well. I think like waking up in the morning and find something to be grateful for, I find really easy as well. And just like simple things like the sun on my skin, like is one of my favorite things. And, yeah. but for someone who is listening to this, that really struggles with that and thinks, well, you know, you might have lots of things to be grateful for in the morning because your life is amazing. You know how we always like to compare. Um, what do you, what would you say for those people who are just getting started on their gratitude practice? What, what could they focus on or what's something that they could do would be simple to start to get into that rhythm? Just really for me each day, it starts with feeling into my body. I think a lot of us forget how lucky we are to be in the bodies we are very often. And I've worked with and been close to people who have issues with hearing for people who can't walk, people who don't have a hand, just these little crazy things where, and to address that whole, well, your life is perfect. This again is where I was stuck seven years ago. 
I was constantly comparing and I was looking at people and I was making up stories and this is the part you really need to listen, like not you, but people need to listen to. I was making up stories based on what I was seeing and the stories I was making up were serving me. So when I was looking at someone else and saying, well, you know what? Of course, it's easy for you to be happy. You've got an amazing body and you spend half the year traveling the world and posting about it on social media and you've got this incredible boyfriend. Like, of course, it's easy for you. That was me in comparison mode. And that what, the way that that was serving me was that it was allowing me to stay lazy and to stay small. So my excuse of, well, I can't do that because she's got this. I don't have to get out of my comfort zone. I don't have to dig deep into the things that I need to work on when I say stuff like that. And the truth of the matter is, if people think, you know, and people who haven't obviously um, been following or don't see what I have been going through lately, like the last thing you would call my life over the last six months would be easy. Um, but it's been beautiful. It's been amazing because of what I, I've learned how to do with that. But again, that kind of excuse, that mindset, of course it's easy for you. I mean, unless you are currently, and look, I'm a bit of a hard ass on this stuff, so if I offend anyone, I'm sorry. But unless you are locked in a dungeon being sexually abused, unless you live in a country where you can't afford food, unless you are one of the minorities, gay, black, you know, any other type of religion that currently doesn't get you know, the, um, sorry, let me turn this off for you, that doesn't currently, any other religion that doesn't currently get the inclusion that we get, especially as very, like, privileged white women, like, though, like, people have excuses. Most of us make up excuses to serve our story. And that's where I can be a bit of a hard ass because I don't want to be, you know, too kind to people and say, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I really want to pull people up on their BS and say, well, no, actually, you've got every single freaking opportunity to have an incredible life. Right now, that person is making a choice to bring themselves down to a level mm. that makes them feel comfortable because it means they don't have to level up and expand and be the person they want to be. So I guess my practical tip for that <laughs> would, first of all, be get your BS out of the way. No one's life is significantly better than yours for any other reason than you haven't chosen to go and chase what you really want and get uncomfortable. And, you know, I liken it to if you want to get fit, if you wanted to, say, build muscle, you don't go to the gym and lift the weight that feels comfortable to you. You lift a little bit, like a little bit heavier. It's a bit more of a struggle. You go a little bit further than you think you could. And it's the same with life. If you really want to get results and you want to change something, you have to get uncomfortable and you've got to push yourself to a level where this isn't really easy and it doesn't feel great right now, but it's for a better purpose. And I think making that decision first and foremost of I'm not going to let myself get in my way, but then working on your stuff. And I think for me personally, I've had a lot of coaches and mentors in my life and I think it's incredibly important that you get someone who is qualified to help you work through your stuff. If there's a story that you can't stop telling yourself, if there's something you really want to improve, you know, at the moment I really want to improve my strength and flexibility. 
So I have a yoga teacher come to my house because I've worked hard enough to be able to afford to do that, right? But anyone can go to free community yoga classes. Anyone can go and find incredible YouTube um, lectures to listen to. And if you can and you value your growth enough to get a coach, that would be where I would start if it is really important to you because a coach will be able to facilitate the growth that you can't necessarily sometimes see the path to in your, it, it just in your own mind. Yeah. Cause I think we, we can't see our own blind spots. Right. And we're constantly telling our own stories. And like you said before, like those stories of comparison were serving you in some way. And sometimes we don't get to see that for ourselves. We need someone else to sort of voice those opinions off. So then we can get that insight into, Hey, how is that serving you? And have you thought about doing something different because that's not creating the change that you want. Exactly. And I just think also like calling it a gratitude practice means you have to practice it. It's the same thing with like you're saying with the gym, like you, you can't go one weekend and then hope and then think you can have a fit body next week. Like it becomes a practice. So is there anything in particular that you do for yourself that you find that helps to get you into that state or into that um, place of gratitude for those who really struggle with it? Like um, I, I think I'm trying to get at is that I like how your, your concept of like, put yourself in a situation where like, look what you actually have an opportunity for and stop t taking the opportunity and the easy way out of just blaming and justifying. Is there anything else that you, that you bring into your practices that help support you in your gratitude? So many things. And look, I would say in the beginning and what I did in the start is it's really amateur and it's free, but I had, well, it's pretty free. You pay for the post-it notes, but I had post-it notes everywhere, everywhere. And I had reminders on my phone every two to three hours going off asking me, you know, questions that would trigger thoughts of gratitude. And even creating, Brendan Brashard talks about this great thing. He, whenever he walks through a doorway, um, he's triggered to bring the joy. And I think that's really cool. If you can find your own thing, you know, if you can find something where maybe when you're brushing your teeth, you know, you put a post on your, on your mirror and you say, what do I love about my body today? And eventually you've done it so much that every time you brush your teeth, you ask yourself or you say to yourself, you know, I love this and I love that. And, you know, you talk about the things you love about your body or when you get into the car, the car's always been a big one for me of, of gratitude of what am I grateful for right now? Because it's usually an opportunity where I can just sit down and I've either dropped the kids off or I've just gotten them in the back and they're settling in and I can sit down and every single time I get in the car, it's like, what am I grateful for right now? And for me, that's a trigger. And I think that if you can figure out ways to choose your triggers, and the car's a really good one, obviously things that you do every day are really great triggers, doorways, your fridge, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, have something on your keys, have a bracelet with the word gratitude. I have a bracelet that someone gave me that says grateful AF. And I don't actually wear it. I sit it right under my computer because it reminds me all the time that I'm grateful as F-U-C-K. And I am. And whenever I see that and I'm having a bad day, I'm like, why well, can't be having that crap a day? Because at the moment I'm grateful AF and I'm the queen of gratitude and I own that. You know what I mean? Like in my world, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And so if you can figure out the triggers you want to create and then you need to put things into place so that you're reminded constantly, because like you said, it's a practice. You have to do it all the time. And eventually it just becomes nature. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually you just, sit down at your computer and go, 
I'm grateful as fuck. <laughs> and brush your teeth and love your body and all of those things, you know? Because yeah. it's so easy to find the negative, right? And it's so easy to point to notice and to point out and to blame everything else that's going wrong in your life. But I think when you sit in it, like I like it how you're talking about sitting in your car and like really thinking about it because there's are going to be times when it's really hard to find what you actually are grateful for. Did you find that that was really challenging when you were going through your surgery? And, and like, cause I think that was the one of the main reasons that made me reach out to you because I was like, for someone to be so living their talk and to be in it, to be going through this massive, life-changing, fearful thing and to be still grateful and to still be able to sit there and go, this is what's good right now. Yeah, look, and I think that's all, that's a testament to the work I did before is the fact that I went to hospital and I enjoyed the break. I loved getting to know my nurses. I thrive when people serve me. I was being brought food. You know, people were making my bed. I'm like, this is freaking epic. Like, I'm like, I'm getting all this stuff done for me. It's really nice. Like, I love acts of service. It's like probably my third love language, but I always joke that I am all the love languages. I need all of the love languages. <laughs> Great, great for the guy I'm seeing right now. He's going to do all the things. Joking. Um, but, you know, I, for me, I can see how easy it would be for that to have been terrifying and to get scared. But I literally have gotten to a point now where I, I have to surrender to things like this. You know, this, the journey with my heart has been over the last four years. And it's been, you know, first of all, I had... Um, issues and I had a I had two procedures done four years ago and then after that it was the constant fear which I almost manifested I had this constant fear of what if I have a stroke what if I'm driving and I have a stroke and I crash my car and my kids die what if you know I have a stroke and I lose the function of the whole left side of my body for the rest of my life I, I had those fears but a part of you has to say what am I in control of right now and there were times when I had no control and I had to just surrender. And there were times when, you know, before my big surgery, um, the, the doctor was running about, I think it was, it ended up being about three hours late. And so I was placed in the room to be rolled into surgery and I sat there for three hours waiting. And my surgery was meant to be like third up in the morning and I'm like, this is great. Like, I'm going to get it over with. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up about lunchtime and it's going to be done. And I was waking up to hear one of three things. It's worked. It hasn't worked. Or we're not sure if it's worked. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I literally in this moment, I have a choice. I can decide that I'm going to fear the worst, that it didn't work. And I'm going to have to get cut open and have a different type of surgery done. Or I can say to myself, I'm in the best care possible. I have the universe on my side and whatever happens, I'm going to get through it. Worst case scenario, I die. In which case, I'm dead and I don't know what's going on anyway. So I know that that's a crazy way to look at it, but that was my coping mechanism at the time of just like literally reminding myself and asking myself every time fear came up, what am I in control of right now? I'm not in control of how this surgery goes. I am not in control of what my doctor does. What I can control is how I'm feeling and how my thoughts right now are influencing my state. Because going into a surgery stressed mm -hmm. and with that energy, that is not the greatest way to go into heart surgery. 
And so again, it was every single day, and even with the little things, even with parenting your kids, you always have a decision of how can I show up right now? It's just reminding yourself that you're actually in control of a lot of it. You are not in control of how your kids act. You, I bumped into a friend the other day and I had four kids with me. Harper was having a meltdown. She had growing pains and she was screaming, crying. And I was in a health food store carrying her. I also had a puppy with me in the other arm. So I'm carrying a puppy, my screaming two-year-old, and I've got three kids asking me for every type of junk food they could find in the health food store. And I bumped into a friend and I found it so comical because she sent me a message and said, I'm shocked at how graceful you were handling that situation. She goes, you didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> and in my mind, and I think to that situation, I had a decision where I can yell, scream, get frustrated, or I can say, okay, what can I control right now? I'm going to tell the kids they're allowed to pick one thing and it's not allowed to have colorings or sugar in it. I'm going to hold my child and make sure she feels safe and protected and I'm going to pay and get out of here as soon as I bloody can. And again, it's just in that moment, it's a decision. How can I show up right now that best serves me? Because when I'm calm, the kids do better 100% of the time. So true. So true. And the way that we show up in the world impacts everybody else around us. Like, it's, I think that's one of the most powerful questions we can ask ourselves. And that's something that I, I absolutely agree with that. What can you control in this moment? And when you are present and you can focus on what you can control. And a lot of the time it's just us, it's just, what can we do? How, what is our state? What are we saying to ourselves about it? Like those constant stories. Do you find that like, have you worked on a lot of work on your inner critic as well? Yes, I am very lucky to be mostly quite a confident person. I was raised, my dad was incredible and he used to take me to personal development workshops when I was young. He was always very, you know, my parents were both very empowering to me. They were very much, you know, focusing on my strengths and they were super supportive when I wanted to drop out of school in grade 10 and <laughs> all of the things. So Mainly, I have been very, like, I've been raised to be very confident. I, I believe I can do anything, but there is a massive part of me that puts myself down. Even this morning, I was unorganized. I, you know, got home. I've got my friend coming to stay for three days. The house is a mess. I, you know, I spilled something on the couch the other night. I hadn't washed it. And like all this stuff. And I got home and I was like, I've got to do this podcast interview at 11, but I want to go for this walk. And I got into the car and cried to my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm so unorganized. And, you know, I should be better. And I talk, you know, I talk to people about organization and about, you know, mapping out your week on a Sunday. But I literally let the weekend slip by without doing it. And he said to me, you need to be a lot less critical of yourself right now because you've had one weekend where you cut loose and had a lot of fun and you spent Sunday sleeping and seeing your grandma and going to dinner with your mom. And he's like, you need to relax because right now you're just, you're being really mean to yourself. And so my struggle mostly personally is that I have very high standards for how I show up. And when I don't, I'm really cruel to myself. Like I'm like, you know, you didn't do good enough. You didn't do this. And I think that sometimes, if I'm honest, you need someone to be able to pull you up on that a little bit. And if you're lucky enough to have a partner, you know, having a conversation with them to say, you know, when I'm in a bad state, um, I think a good question for a partner to ask, you know, is do you want me to help you right now or do you just want me to listen? Um, and so <laughs> I think I've said, you know, my ex-husband knew that and, you know, the guy I'm seeing now knows that. 
when I'm in a state, which I get in about once a month, um, ask me the question when I'm getting frustrated, do you want me to help or do you just want to vent right now? Because that can be really helpful. And again, that's where I see a coach is just so valuable where you have someone who, when you are being unresourceful, because you're never going to get rid of the critic. You're never going to get rid of the limiting beliefs completely. You're never going to be just, I'm invincible and I can do anything and I'm amazing. No, like no one is like that. Even if they come across it, like, you know, on social media, we all have days, weeks, months where we think we suck and everyone else is awesome. And having a mirror there to just remind you sometimes is, is such a great thing. And I even have, first of all, I have a photo album in my phone of um, like letters, pictures, text messages from my kids. They send me, um, Bo has an iPad to send me messages when they said something nice about me. And I have um, another album with screenshots of any kind messages on Instagram that people send me. And I have a folder in my emails of kind messages people send me. And when I'm feeling shitty about myself, actually go through those messages and remind myself that, oh, that's right, I'm loved, you know? And I think for, especially for like moms who listen and business people who help other people, having a folder in your phone, it's like in those moments, it's life changing because you go, no, that's right. I'm actually doing good things. Like I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm a good friend. I'm a good coach. I'm a good businesswoman. I'm a good mother, whatever it might be. Just you need to constantly be reminded because we are all going to slip in those moments. You know? Yeah, and I love that because you're reminding yourself, like, why are you doing it? Like, yeah. I have the same thing. I have a folder on my computer of testimonials from clients because you're right, things get hard and there are going to be times when you're so overwhelmed or you're exhausted and you're just not thinking straight that you just need that little reminder of, hey, this is why you're doing it, just push through. There's always going to be adversity to overcome and obstacles to come along. So I think that's a beautiful way to look at it for sure. So one of the things that I noticed in your bio is that um, I love it how you call yourself your, your own personal cheerleader for well-being. So what does that mean to you or what's your concept of well-being? Because I think everyone has a kind of a different concept when it comes to well-being. Yeah, well, look, well-being to me is feeling good in lots of different areas of your body. So like I have, um, for me personally, I've got a couple of little check-in lists. Um, I could go find it, but it's somewhere deep in my computer right now, but it's little things are, you know, when it comes to health, the way that I measure my health is, you know, how are the whites of my eyes? Are they clear? Are my eyes sparkling? Is my skin feeling hydrated? You know, do I feel bloated right now? How's my digestion? Where do I feel strong? That's kind of my physical body. I have like a list of probably about 10 things I look at in my physical body. Um, <laughs> And then when it comes to happiness, it's for me, I, I think it's important for people to understand if you're happy 30% of your life, you're doing so epic. <laughs> no one is like running around with a big goofy smile on their face 100% of the time. If you are happy 30% of your life, you're doing so good. Otherwise, it's inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just annoying people. Um, but if you're feeling joy 30% of your life, that's amazing, right? If it's 50%, then you're, you're in flow. This is the time when you should be in creation mode. This is when you're manifesting like a motherfucker. This is, excuse my French again. Um, you have to have the E on this podcast episode. That's <laughs> too much. Um, you know, you're, you're like, you're killing it if it's 50% of the time. But aiming for, you know what, I feel really happy 30% of the time and the rest of the time I'm pretty much content with 
moments of downpour of emotions and frustration and fear and anger and all of those things. Um, for me, that's my measure of mental well-being. You know, what percentage of the time am I happy? And what percentage of the time am I just content? Because for me, contentment is really important. I think that if you're content most of the time, that's an epic place to be. You know, that is amazing. But you want to make sure that there's peaks of total joy and elation and there's those troughs of, you know, we're all going to do it because that's, that's necessary. If you're flatlined, if you're content all the time, you might not be allowing yourself to feel the really high emotions and you're also not feeling the low ones. It's kind of a scale. I always say, I wish, you know, I know people won't be able to see this because they're listening to it, but if you imagine a line, as high up as you can go is as far down as you can go. So I feel high highs, but when I'm low, man, I go low, but I know how to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so for me, well-being is really focusing on how does my physical body feel and how is my mental state right now? Where am I at with that? How many positive thoughts do I have compared to negative? For me, that's the biggest thing. And then there's spirituality mixed in there. But I think when people are really just getting started with well-being, it's those two are super important. How's my physical body? How's my mental? Mm. You know? And I love that. I actually love the checklist. There's not actually about how you look or the scale or centimeters. Like it's nothing to do with that. It's actually just how do you feel? And a lot of people even struggle just to get into their body to feel what their body feels like. That's even sometimes a struggle. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're kind of used to not, mm. you know, a lot of people don't love their bodies. So they kind of disconnect from it in a way and they don't allow themselves to really, really feel. And that's why I love in the morning. Like I said before, when you, feel what your body feels like and you really you get in the car and you go what am I grateful for right now my body feels a certain way it's just it's getting started and just getting aware there's no secret sauce but the good thing is it's all free yeah <laughs> that's so true <laughs> so I'd love to know what do you feel that you've learned about yourself over the journey of the last six and a half years with the gratitude project um, about a million things <laughs> um, yeah a million things definitely a lot lately I think especially with going through health issues and going through relationship changes and changes in how I parent and you know seeing my kids half the time all of those things you definitely notice um how you, I've noticed how I respond in crisis and what I do when I become unresourceful and how to pull myself out of that um which has been such a gift like it sounds ridiculous but the best thing about everything that's happened over the last year is I know myself so much better. Like it's crazy. Like I'm like, I, I literally can see how it comes and how it happens when I'm getting unresourceful or when I'm getting a little bit, I have a habit of getting a little bit too ecstatic and I get very erratic and I get, you know, when I'm feeling a little bit out of control, I actually act a little bit out of control, which has been something I've realized lately. Um, but yeah, you know what? It's just it's just getting to know how I show up in different situations has been the biggest gift because with anything, if you're aware of it, first and foremost, that's the biggest challenge is becoming aware of it. And whether that's, you know, with food challenges, if you're, you know, suffering with binge eating or, you know, you go through phases of starving yourself, it's firstly becoming aware of, okay, first of all, what am I doing? But also why do I do that? Yeah. And for me, that's such a gift. Knowing that part of yourself is so powerful. So powerful. Incredibly powerful because you cannot change it without the awareness for sure. And there's so much gold in that. There's so much unique insight into like 
hey, I just realized that that's what I did and that's a pattern that I've been doing for a while. Why am I doing that? Yeah. And when you have that insight, then you have the ability to change it. And I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Just love that. Yeah. Incredible. So what's coming up next for the Gratitude Project? Website redesign. <laughs> it's well overdue and I'm just literally in a phase right now where I just want to wipe everything clean and start fresh. So I've got a beautiful friend who's incredible with that stuff who we're having a meeting actually today to work on that. So, you know, what you see now, I'm guessing while you're looking at the website after watching this podcast, that's all going to be refreshed and revamped. So please make sure you subscribe to my email so that you can see when that comes up. Um, and really just focusing on expanding my reach from now. I have, you know, a couple of different projects that I work on constantly. I have the Health Hub, my online wellness program. I have the Gratitude Gang where I teach women to make an income online. Um, and for me personally, those two are the biggest parts of my business where it's important for me that I'm not just helping women to become healthier or become happier. I'm also really passionate about teaching them how to create a complete life that they're passionate about as well. Cause I don't think enough women have that right now. So true. Awesome. That sounds great. Incredible. So when you think about business in general, when you think about ways that you show up for your business, is there anything that you inject gratitude into for that as well? Everything, everything. Oh my God. Um, look, first of all, with my, with my team, with the gratitude gang, it's really important that everyone in that is focused on their gratitude as well. So whenever we do trainings or workshops, um, the first question is, what are you grateful for today? Um, and we have a little thread in our, in our group Facebook page where the girls are just constantly posting and, you know, sharing their wins and things like that. And I think that's the biggest thing is business can be so tough and, if you're not in it or you're just getting started, just be prepared. Business can be so tough, but it's those moments that are going to make you so much better. I am not where I am because everything was easy. I don't get to teach what I teach because life happened for me in such a way that was so simple and so flawless and it just all like came together and life is butterflies and rainbows and oh look at my puppy and my cute kids like <laughs> if you read it, I love posting pretty pictures but if you read the captions you'll see you know what really goes down is not always comfortable it's not always fun it's not always pretty um but it's those moments that you craft your story and you're also given permission after that to share your journey with other people in such a massive way. And I think for me, I know that sharing my story around my struggles, that has been of more value to, you know, especially around business. Me sharing the struggles in my business gives so much more value to people than me sharing all the wins. You know, I can tell you, awards and oh, I've been in this magazine and that and I did this and I coached this celebrity and I did that. And it's like, that's all great, but no one's being inspired by that. They're inspired by the moments when you fall and how you get back up, how quickly you get back up and with how much grace. And I think that if you can, every time you're down, be like, I can't wait to tell this story. Like, you know what? Let's make it really bad. Let's throw another spanner into the work. So when I'm telling this story later, it's like even more juicy and there's like more to tell. It's like you can kind of be a bit of a masochist in that way because you know that on the other side of it, there's so much value for other people. Yeah. 
But I guess it keeps your mind busy too. So it stops you delving into all the negativity and the poor me and the pity stories. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it because it becomes then a challenge of how am I going to overcome this? Who am I going to become through this? And how am I going to develop myself through this? Like it's a beautiful way to look at it. So you slightly mentioned there about celebrating your wins. Is that something that you do for yourself as well as encourage people within your business to do too? Like I think it's, I've been talking a lot about this recently because a lot of women, and I don't know whether it's the same for men, but a lot of women, and I'm not even sure if it's really just Australia based, but we really struggle to celebrate our wins publicly. Do you notice yeah. that as well? Yeah, and you, it's uncomfortable <laughs> because it's Australia, tall poppy syndrome, you know, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down, right? So I think that it is uncomfortable but you know you've found your community when you celebrate your wins and they're celebrating just as loud. And I think that that, for me, that's a really good measure of am I attracting the right type of people when I celebrate something. Like if I'm on, you know, I was on a um, podcast with Cohen Rand, I was super excited about that. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's so good for my business. It's great exposure. It was great to get my message out. And the people, you know, me celebrating myself with that I would hope that the people that are in my community, my friends, my family would want to celebrate that just as loud. And I think that that happens for me because I celebrate them. You know, if I've got a friend who's got a business, I'm going to buy stuff off them. And, you know, if I've got a friend who's just won something great in their, or done something great in their business or gotten a big promotion, I'm going to celebrate them as much as I possibly can without my feed just becoming literally about what everyone else has done outside. Like, I don't want to obviously just be bombarding people with, oh, my friend just got a promotion, oh, my friend just did this. But, you know, if you can celebrate just as loudly with them, they want to celebrate you too. And I think it's a measure of your community too and making sure you're attracting the right people. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And I would imagine you've created a beautiful community, not just online but also in person. How much of a big impact are they on you in, in your everyday life now? massive I um, I have a YouTube channel which I never upload so I've got like four videos there it's ridiculous um, but one video that I get I get messages from about every single week is about my fear of females I did a video on being terrified of females and when I filmed this I didn't actually have many female friends I had started to get a couple but I definitely didn't have many um, and I talk very openly about why and how that happened throughout my life and how I didn't connect very well with females. And I actually look at my life now in comparison to when I filmed that and I have too many friends and I'm constantly like asking myself how I can see more people with less time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not working enough. I'm spending too much time with my friends. And the in-person connection, a lot of these people I've met because they're a part of the gang. Um, and look, for me, that in-person connection has been massive for me because of what I went through when I was young, not feeling supported by females, um, feeling left out a lot, feeling like I wasn't enough for a lot of people, feeling like I was, you know, a bit too weird or a little bit too quirky or not cool enough or not doing certain things, you know, for me now through just being authentically myself and sharing my vulnerabilities, I've actually found in person, my, my community, my people that I really love being open and honest and vulnerable with. And it literally just comes from you. You just have to be you and you'll attract the right people. And don't be you that looks, acts and smells like someone else who seems cooler, smarter, funnier, prettier. Just be you. 
you know, like just do you. Mm. Mm. So important. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that for sure. And I think comparison comes into play with that and social media comes into play with that. We think that we're not good enough who we are and so we have to be other people, but I am absolutely an advocate for that. I think there's nobody like you and you cannot do other people the way that they do them. And I think it's something that really helps to support your self-belief and trust in yourself. If you start showing up and speaking your truth and, and sharing what's vulnerable for you, not only is it scary as hell, but there's so much growth through that as well. Totally. Mm. So I would love to know, is there anything else that you, any other fast lessons you've learned through business or anything that you've had to, to go through in business that has really grown you as a business owner? Um, I think a couple of things. First of all, consistency is key in business. You need to show up every single day. And again, this is the hard ass in me coming out. Don't expect to be successful showing up part time. Don't <laughs> expect to build. Like if you have big visions and big dreams for what you want to create, you're not going to create them if you show up for an hour every now and then. You know, if it's really important to you, you need to do it daily. You need to be in your business in some capacity every single day for whatever amount of time you can. And the biggest thing for me is you need to keep the promises you make to others, but most importantly, the promises you make to yourself. And the way that you can do that is just keeping yourself accountable for me, Things go up on a big whiteboard over there um, in my office. Things go on post-its around my computer. Things go in reminders in my phone. You need to keep the promises you make to others and yourself. And I can definitely fall short here because I'm guilty of overcommitting. But you need to you need to make that a focus and a priority. What did I promise to others? What did I promise to myself? And it makes you become a lot more aware of setting boundaries and not offering too much to people and not being too available when you get, you know, bigger and busier. Mm. Absolutely. Consistency is key. And I think it's something, the only reason why I've grown the podcast to what it is today is literally showing up every single week, no matter what, no matter how, whether I felt excited to be putting out another episode or whatever it is, it's always just consistently showing up for sure. Is there anything, any, like you've obviously had coaches in the past and mentors. Is there any other great advice you've been given in the past that you follow? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, definitely that you need to face your fear, that you need to feel into, look, you're, you know, the way that I kind of um, unpack this is your strengths are your comfort zone. Mm. It needs to be a level of discomfort and working outside of your strengths to build the things that you don't necessarily feel like you're that great at sometimes. You know, for me, um, public speaking comes quite easily for me because I have zero fear of crowds or being in front of people. I'm like, put me in front of a million people and I'd be stoked. I'd be dancing, singing, making a fool of myself, flashing people. I'd give zero Fs. Um, and I know that, um, sorry, I just had a visual of me on a stage <laughs> flashing. A it's not, um, it's not a great idea, but you know, my, my strength is public speaking where I'm not so strong is having a bit more structure and a bit more intention around what I speak of. I'm very much like, Oh, you know, I'll get on stage. And like I said to you before we started filming this, whatever comes out will come out. You know, I'm very much, I trust the universe, you know, whatever's meant to come through me will come through me, but there is definitely value in having more structure for me. Mm. And that's not my strength. 
And so instead of me constantly being like, well, I'm so great when I'm just off the cuff and rah, rah, and I'm so confident with it, it actually doesn't always serve me because sometimes people thrive with knowing what's coming, especially when you're speaking for someone. They want to know what's coming. So I actually have to work on that. And that's where I'm reading a lot of books. I'm going to get a speaking coach, all of these things, because my strength is my comfort zone. And if I stay in my comfort zone, how can I expect to grow to another level for my business? So for me personally right now, that's what I'm working on. But I think for all businesses, if you can look at, okay, what are my strengths? Okay, but what do I need to do to move out of them? Because that's just me staying in my comfort zone. You know, I think a lot of people kind of go, I'll work my strengths and I'll get everyone else into do all the other stuff. To an extent that works, like if you're doing a $20 job and you charge $200 for coaching, then it's not, it's not smart for you to do the $20 job, obviously. But, you know, asking yourself where you can level up and get uncomfortable is definitely the key to taking your business to the next level. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. I've actually been working on that recently myself, like creating that consistency, but getting much more intentional with what I'm putting out and pre-planning things ahead of time. Whereas I used to be such a same thing, just go with the flow and just be like, what's on my heart today? What's, what do I feel like sharing on the podcast? Whereas now there's so much more intention that goes into it with a longer term strategy in place that I think is, it creates, even though it's like, I think for a lot of people that struggle with that is because we love the freedom of just, you know, going with the flow, but there is so much freedom in that as well. Like when you have the structure, it gives you the freedom to not have to stress about what you're doing. <laughs> it's exactly. Because when you've got structure, you've actually got more time. Yeah. I learned that lesson a couple of years ago in a hard way. And I'm like, this is, this makes sense. When I have structure, there's actually more space for me to be creative because I'm not oh, what am I doing now? Oh, what do I need to organize? Being forgetful, leaving things behind, you know. Last minute. Yeah. All those things. <laughs> Absolutely. So is there any other major goals that you have in mind for yourself or for the gratitude project for say the next five, 10 years? I know it's not the smartest business move financially, but I would love to write a book. I know that you don't make money from books, but you do get to impact a lot of people. Um, so I would love to write a book. I've actually started working on an outline of what it would be about. Now it's just, you know, I got to, I don't know how that works. I've got to find a publisher or something. There's book coaches. <laughs> I got to write it. I got to like, you got to write the thing. You got to coach. I don't know. That is definitely one of my big things. I would love to have something you know, I think especially for our kids, they're growing up in a social media age and would love to be able to say to them, you know, your mum wrote a book and this is, it's very old school kids. I know you don't read physical books anymore, but look, mummy did one. And like to have them have something where they can be very proud and kind of look back at that. For me, it's all about the legacy I leave for my kids. That's really important for me. And I also want people to be able to have kind of like a little bit of a manual guide to this is how you can work on it. And again, it's all about how many people can I serve every morning? How many people can I serve today? Um, and so for me, that's just another avenue to be able to do that. Um, and just keep growing. Just keep growing. In, in the gang, I have a big, hairy, audacious goal to help. I want to help in the next five years, I want to help five of my girls become seven-figure earners. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for showing up with me today and leading with your heart and just giving and serving. It's been such a beautiful opportunity to have a chat with you. And just to finish off, what I would love to know is what's one of your proudest moments? Oh, one of my proudest moments. 
I'm going to say one that was recently because it's been on my heart so much lately. Um, the other night, my daughter was sick after school, so she had a sleep. Um, she had like a headache and a fever, my oldest. And she often says to me like, mommy, I want more time with you and me because obviously my two-year-old's always there. And she woke up and I'm usually very strict with sleep times. I'm like, no, you wake up, you go straight back to bed. You're not like, we're not watching TV. We're not doing that. I was running a bar. Um, and it was like nine o'clock and she got out of bed and she said, mommy, I'm not tired because I slept this afternoon. I said, you know what? Yeah, let's sit together. Um, you can get in the bath with me. Let's just sit and have a chat. And we sat in the bath for half an hour. We went and sat on the couch and she knows I love watching cooking shows. So she found cooking shows and we watched cooking shows until like 10 30 at night. And she woke up, I'd let her sleep in my bed that night, which I don't do. And she woke up in the morning and I was brushing my teeth and she looked up at me and she said, mommy, last night was a really good night. And I just, I, you know what? I had one of these moments where I was like, I'm so happy that I followed my gut and I didn't, you know, I like structure as a parent. I'm like, I'm so happy because that was such a special moment to me. And I felt like a really good mum in that moment. And there's so, all the mums will know, there's so many moments where you don't feel like a good mum. And in that moment, I was like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a beautiful memory she'll have for years to come. Like, wow, really must have made such an impact on her. It's beautiful. Awesome. Now, and just to finish off, so where can people find you and follow you? And if there's anything your last messages or anything you'd like to share as a last insight? I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, you can search gratitude underscore project or just search my name and Simpson without a P S I M S O N. It's very confusing. There was a murderer called Ange Simpson. So I think that you know, some people Google it with the P and the last name and they're like, who's this girl? She's talking about all this nice stuff, which has killed people. Um, so that's not me, obviously. Um, and then Facebook, just look up the gratitude project and then my website, thegratitudeproject.com. You can just Google all of those things and yeah, definitely subscribe to see when everything gets updated. There's a lot of new content that's going to be coming out, a lot of really cool, exciting things. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do in the world and the impact that you are making because it's so it's so obvious. Like when you see the comments that people share on Instagram and just all the unique things that you share with them and the impact that it makes is, is magnificent. So I just want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. It's been so good to connect with you. Thank you. You too. And all the best. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.